Welcome back to the second episode of Two Brown Girls. Today we're talking sex, what's out there, what should be covered, and our own experiences of sex education. Divya and I would like to preface this episode by saying that each person experiences sex differently and that we can only really share our own experiences. So today we're going to mostly talk about what we've gone through. Um, with being introduced to the idea of sex and learning about it through the lens of women of colour. However, I think it is important to acknowledge that with taboo topics like this, each person's knowledge and experiences may vary greatly. So what we are sharing is really specific to our lives. So let's get stuck right into it. Divya, when did you start kind of learning about sex? Oh my god. Okay, so um, yeah, I think coming from a... Indian uh, immigrant family um, it's very very hush hush you know how like um, I mean other kids like oh my my parents gave me the birds and bees talk or whatever it's called never got that never will <laughs> so um, my and like we don't talk about this sort of stuff at home so the education I got was almost solely reliant on school friends and the media which is not a great place to learn about it um, but yeah, what about you? Where did you where do you think your knowledge came from? Yeah, I mean I think similar. Like I learned a bit in school. I remember learning, but like still just not I felt like I was a bit young when it started because I was like, I don't understand like much. Um and I still blushed at the word sex when when they were even asking me like sex, male or female. Like I just I was like, oh my god, they're asking, like they're saying the word, like how, yeah. how scandalous. So I and then I think when I got a bit older, then it became just like I learned like when I became a bit more curious, I learned through like books and things because I found mm. like I guess porn to be very like explicit and. Yeah. I don't know, quite graphic. So yeah. I found myself just like reading and then kind of talking to friends, but not a lot. It was a, still a little bit shameful. It was just, it's like a weird journey, but definitely not really too much with my family, despite them being a bit more progressive. Yeah, that's, um. oh my God, okay, that's really interesting. When you said reading, actually, I totally get that as well because I had the same sort of view of pornography. I was like, oh, I don't want to watch that. Like, that's explicit, like, oh. Um, so I also <laughs> read a lot of books, Um. but I remember, um, because I think it's because um, maybe not everyone shares the same experience of sex being like a hush-hush topic at home. Um. So when it, like does get introduced into the school life a lot of other people are much more open about it than I was so I remember in like your whatever it's like you're nine or something we were reading the book um looking for Ali Brandy I don't oh. know if you've heard of it anyway no it was super yeah it is completely unrelated <laughs> um but there was this one scene where her boyfriend comes over and like there's a chapter in the book which is about what they do in the bedroom it's nothing like they didn't end up uh, you know, like doing it, but mm. it's just like, oh, he put his leg in between mine and stuff like that. And I was like, and like in class, you'd take turns reading like a paragraph and like going to the next person. And I could not, I could not keep a straight face. I could not read a sentence. It was bad. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I think like even the fact that even like the word sex is a taboo. Um, I have this other story, which um, me and my friend were going to um, the Canberra Hospital, the, the sexual health center, um, for something which I won't disclose. But um, we ended up getting lost and we ended up in um, like the cancer department. And 
having to ask a helper where the sexual health centers was such a struggle because oh my, my friend was like you do it and I was like okay <laughs> so I was like, the- at least you were brave enough to do it <laughs> Did I though? Because like the guy was this really, really old man and he's working in the cancer department. Like how am I meant to go up to him and say, excuse me, do you know where the sexual health center is? So I was, I would literally like quiet, quieten down when I said sexual. And then I'd say like health center really loudly, hoping that he'd understand. Clearly he didn't. Um, No, but eventually we got there and it was fine. But like, yeah, it, it's just, it's so strange how like the word sex is such a taboo. And we like, even seeking knowledge about it felt so weird. Like, you don't want to Google these things. You don't really want to ask people about this. No, sir. yeah. Like, I I would look at, um, like, books and things, and I would always want it to not be super explicit about the fact that there was sex in it or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was mainly because I was sharing an Apple account with my family. <laughs> and if I'm downloading iBooks that have, like slave to the master or some shit (laughs) as a title like I think but I I didn't do that great of a job because there was one time where I downloaded a book and I mean the cover was questionable I mean shirtless men like and my dad gets like email notifications because his card and he's like he gets this email with like this cover of the shirtless man and my dad he literally he googled it he was like what is this book about and then he came and he confronted me and I was so embarrassed I literally (laughs) like I just I remember just crying and then running to my room because it felt like so embarrassing and like I felt like I was being judged Mm -hmm. even though he wasn't like being like harsh in any way but it just felt like oh my god like this is not a conversation to be had with my parents in any way especially my dad yeah so I, I, I learned that way that I was like, got to be discreet with the covers I choose. Yeah. But also it just made me realize like how much shame I still kind of carry about it. Like I just was like, oh my God, no one can know that. And yeah. even though I was like, I, I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just reading about it. Like if like retrospectively, it's very innocent and it's just curiosity. And of course, it's like a healthy experience of learning Mm. um but at the time I just felt like I was like a bad person for like wanting to learn about it yeah but do you actually think I'm not sure like what books you read but do you think that the media slash books actually portray a healthy version of sex in in hindsight uh I think that some of the books I read were okay I think Mm. that that was like I mean they'll also kind of dramatize it as well like Mm. they'll dramatize it in kind of the women's favor Mm. in the sense of like oh my god he like oh well that's the same with porn as well in the sense when i say in the women's favor i mean that they orgasm like that or something (laughs) and you're just like oh what the heck he literally just blinked and then suddenly (laughs) you know like i don't understand how that you know cause and effect don't work like that but um yeah so it's not exactly realistic I felt though in books in a way though it felt more like equal and respectful whereas I think in porn and things that was also an element of why I just kind of stayed clear from it um it was just like a bit degrading and just a lot for me to see (laughs) straight up yeah um so in regards to like where you got your sex ed from did you have sex ed in Mm. school yeah I did did you I did. I'm trying to remember back to when it was. I know we had like one 
um, class in primary school. It wasn't sex ed though. It was like just about periods. Um, and anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll go into it because that <laughs> the story really annoys me. Um, all the girls were kept in this room and we were taught, like taught about periods. Meanwhile, the guys in the same class that so we all study together, um, but the guys got to go outside and they had like, I forgot what it's called, but they basically had a blow up slide in, in, on the oval. And the guys got to play on that blow up slide on the oval while all of us got to sit inside and listen about periods. Anyway, so obviously us girls are like, what the hell? What? This sucks. <laughs> like we want to be out there. Why are we here? Um, so it wasn't like the most effective way to have this like, you know, discussion with a bunch of kids. Um, but also, I can't remember how much we were taught. I re- I honestly think that the only thing we were taught about, even just periods, was you'll bleed um, and that it's normal. And that's all we were taught. Um, no one talked about, like, yeah, I'm pretty sure there was no mention of the side effects of periods. Like, even though it is normal, it does affect your body. You get cramps, you get mood swings, you get whatever, like bloating, cravings, um, muscle pain, pain in your legs, stuff like that was never talked about. So not only were we not paying attention because we wanted to be outside on the playground, but also even the stuff which was like the information which was given to us was so basic and it didn't really prepare any of us for getting our period. Yeah. Like I feel like they just told us like, these are pads and these are tampons and you can use them. And I was like, okay, Um, that was it. And I remember at least in my school, I felt like they kind of told us about periods a bit later. I mean, they told us in year seven, mm. but a lot of girls had kind of gotten it or before, you know? Mm. So, and they had given us like a kit, right? Which was quite nice of them. I think I still have the bag. Mm. It was like this pink bag with white polka dots. And so everyone got it with like a bunch of pads and like mm. kind of pamphlets and stuff. What do you say, um, everyone? Sorry, no, I might just interrupt. Is yeah. everyone everyone or is it just girls? Oh, I went to an all girls school. So it was all, um, yeah, all girls in my school. Yeah, they got it. So basically we got these bags and I mean, we'd all keep it in our backpacks, but we would kind of be so embarrassed to take it out because we all knew what it was. So if someone saw it, we were like, oh my God, they're on their period. Like it was still like, even though it was a bunch of girls and you would think that maybe we'd have a more comfortable environment with just Mm -hmm. discussing it, we still were like embarrassed by it. I feel like we've just internalized that perspective. Yeah, that sucks. Also, another thought I had when you were speaking was it just kind of sucks that guys don't get this lesson because also this is really really heteronormative right like it's 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 assuming that all girls are cisgendered um and that yeah like it has a lot of assumptions that come with it but also the fact that like even cishet boys should know what a woman goes through when she's on her period like you should know that people like women around you will need support or might need to be left alone like whatever it is but you need to know that like this is going on in their bodies because I've heard horror stories of when, like, grown adult men know nothing about periods and, like, they assume we can control when it happens and it'll stop when we want it to. Like, I've just heard so many bad stories and it's like... They don't even know, I think, like, where, like, the vagina is versus the urethra and they don't know. They don't know. They just, they're they're like, oh my god, like, there's something somewhere for my dick to go in. Like, sorry to be very graphic, (laughs) but, like, they don't know the details of even the woman's body and then they don't understand periods and like 
they i mean like i don't doubt that getting your balls kicked really hurts but i like when you talk about like cramps and they're like oh my god is it as bad as getting your balls kicked though is it like blah 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 and like us men go through like no one's denying the fact that you guys might be going through some pain but we have to get this every month and it sucks like at least just just be a little empathetic exactly i was just about to say like i've heard that argument so many times like oh but does it hurt enough like does it hurt as much as getting Mm -hmm. kicked in the balls so it's like you can avoid getting kicked in the balls by not being a dick. Like, if you're not, if you're not mean, that doesn't, like, you know, it's not going to happen to you. Whereas, like, this isn't a choice. I get this every month whether I want it or not. Like, but talking about sex ed, though, like, we actually, so yeah, that, that period class was, I think, when I was in grade four or grade five, so, like, primary school. Um, which, actually, after hearing about your story, how you got it in year seven, maybe it was better to get that education when some of us are going through it and, like, before mm. a lot of us had um, anyway, but the actual sex ed class, I didn't have till high school. And I think it was year eight where mm. we got sex ed. Um, so what age is that? That's like 14, I think. Yeah. Like average 14. Um, but no, I think this is one thing which you touched on. I really do think that sex ed needs to be consistent throughout the ages because like, obviously some 13 year olds would benefit from sex ed. I'm not saying that it was done at the wrong time, but for our class, or at least for me, this was not on my mind at all. And like, because we, we've already talked about it, like, it's such a um, hush hush topic. Like, we never spoke about it. So I was always taught to be shameful about it. I didn't know how to be open about it, right? So like, when all mm. this was being taught in like, grade eight, when I was 13, I was 13, everyone else was 14. Mm. Um, I didn't pay much attention to it. And I didn't really learn anything which I didn't already know. And like, the whole like, I went to a semi selective school. So our whole class was very nerdy and a lot like the majority of us were from um non-white cultural backgrounds mm-hmm. so my the whole class was so loud and like we would make sex jokes and like we were laughing throughout <laughs> the entirety of the class mm-hmm. um and like i remember like in our health book we had one page where they talked about stds and the guys would literally like it was a joke like guys would be like like it would they would trick you they'd be like oh my god have a look at this and they'll open it to that book and we'd be like oh my god ew gross like that was the level of maturity like we were not mature enough to have this conversation so maybe for us it would have been better to be taught the same content but maybe a few years later when we were like 16 or like 18 ish but again, yeah, I really do think it needs to be consistently ta- taught. Like the fact that you just have one class one time and then hands up, like that's not good enough. Yeah, like I think we looked forward to it in a way because we were just like, oh, it's like a piss all class. Like we don't and like he he sex. Like it was just like yeah. a joke for us, but it wasn't like we didn't really seriously take in any of the information. And also like just going on with that, like we didn't learn at all anything about like pleasure from sex it was very just anatomical and stuff like that talking about that I feel like the most important bit about sex was never taught consent consent was never taught (laughs) like I don't ever remember having that conversation at all what we were taught like we were given that banana which you have to put a condom on and like I remember me and my friend got it and we're like no (laughs) we're not doing this but like yeah we weren't taught about consent we weren't again I think this is something which you probably should talk about a lot of this is so heteronormative. Like, even in the previous episode, we were talking about dating. Dating, um, yeah. Our ideas and knowledge about dating and sex, it's very heteronormative. And obviously, this is in part because of, I guess, who we are. And we can only talk about our experiences. But I do also think that our education system and the media and our whole environments are, like, specifically catered to heterosexual people. For Like, they've been catered for sexual 
sexual, oh my god, heterosexual people mm. for so long and arguably still are, like, even now. Yeah, it's just very, like, one narrative that you're presented as well. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, and also, like, the fact that we don't talk about sexuality and things like that, like, yeah. as if that's, yeah, that's not an option, like, sex looks different between different you know groups yeah. of people. i mean in terms of like different genders like they're gonna experience sex differently like a woman and a woman and a man and a man like they experience it differently there's different parts that they kind of need to know about and the fact that we're just like no that's not the norm we don't talk about that is yeah. so one messed up um yeah. and two just like p- continues this like narrative that we're trying to break i hope you know yeah. like well how are we to kind of progress at all if we're just only letting people learn from other aspects or other avenues of um knowledge like if like even you know learning about pleasure going back to that like i learned about the pleasure component of sex only through like books and things like Mm -hmm. that and what that kind of looks like for a woman and you know, like, we didn't learn about what an orgasm was. Like, that yeah. wasn't a thing. Like, it was just, like, men have sperm, and then that goes into the woman's vagina, and then it goes to the womb, and we know what the fallopian tubes are, and we know what... Yeah. We can label the diagram, but yeah. we don't know, like, anything that's, like, enjoyable about it. And I know that mm. might be, like, uncomfortable to teach to a bunch of 13-year-olds, so maybe not 13, like you were saying, but mm. it's a, something to just, like, think about, at least um, in those classes. Yeah, definitely. And I think, like, um, the, I really do think it's important that we are taught about this, like, um, because when we do experience these things in real life, if we don't know what to expect, like, I know there's this running joke where heterosexual guys don't know where the g-spot is they don't know like what the clit is like they don't know any of these things right and like it's a running joke like no one knows this women never feel pleasure um but i think that feeds into like the larger societal issue of like is sex something which we're like which women are taught to give and men taught to Mm. receive it shouldn't be transactional but often i feel like that's what we end up thinking of it as um and also talking about like, this goes back to where we learned sex ed from. I learned a lot about sex through some of my friends because I wasn't mm. that experienced um, personally with all of this. And the stories I heard, they were horror stories. Like it didn't make me look forward to having these experiences. It made me feel scared of it. Like I remember I had a friend who was like, oh, her first ex- her first time was so bad. She bled so much and it hurts more than anything else you've ever felt. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, why did she go through it? But also I'm like, I mm. never want to do this. This doesn't sound fun. Like it doesn't sound good at all. Why would anyone do this? Yeah. And like also just, I mean, like speaking from friends and stuff, like the norm it is to for a woman to not get pleasure from that experience mm. is in, like, it it's, makes me sad. It makes me really pissed off and sad because I'm just like, what? Who, why have you now accepted the fact that you don't get pleasure from this experience? Like, you might yeah. enjoy it, but you don't get to orgasm, you know? Like, the yeah. guy does. That's just the way it is. It's like, no, you do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what the heck? Like, what is this, yeah, one-sided relationship that you've now accepted because they'll say that I'm like I was like so did you like have a good time and they'll be like oh like yeah like it was all right for me and I was like girl 
that guy is going to say it was probably the best time of his life. Yeah. Like, you you deserve the same, you know? Mm. So it's just, yeah, it's just, like, not prioritizing women, not, yeah, not prioritizing or even just, like, treating women's pleasure as equal to a man's yeah. pleasure sure. has meant that we now as women have also kind of accepted that in in our own sexual experiences. Oh my god. Okay, so this this is so random, but it reminds me of um you know DJ Khaled? Oh my god, he said that thing and it pissed <laughs> me off. We should we should say for the listeners what yeah. was it? So a few I think it was a few years ago, I've lost track of time. <laughs> but a few mm. years ago he was on some radio talk show and he's like, Oh, I never go down on my wife. She only goes down on me because I'm the king. Or he said something along those lines. He's like, I'm the king, so she goes down on me. But ew, no, I would never. Yeah, would he never literally was like her. disgusted by doing it back yeah. in return. And I was like, huh? What sort of king doesn't do that? <laughs> like, you're not treating your queen really nicely, are you? <laughs> like, I was but, like, yeah. shut up. I'm not listening to your music, DJ Khaled. Like, you <laughs> oh lost a listener. Literally my reaction. I'm like, if you don't go down on your wife, I'm not listening to your music. <laughs> yeah, literally. Oh, but. I mean, that's like just a case example of literally what we're just talking about. Some dude in power thinking that he because he's like a freaking celebrity or whatever mm. that and and that he deserves like it, all the pleasure in the world, but yeah. he shouldn't return it. I don't even think it's because he's a celebrity. I feel like men feel mm. entitled to pleasure during sex, whereas women don't like women are like oh it's okay mm. if i don't orgasm like it's just it's it doesn't happen all the time um and they deal with it i think that definitely comes from porn as well like i think like obviously i think um speaking to some men about this like i think they are also on a journey of like learning and stuff and it's crazy that like later when they actually have first-hand experience with a woman they can kind of like re- like if if a woman feels comfortable enough to actually share that like her pleasure looks like this, um, then they kind of start, these men kind of start to learn about it. But it's like shitty that for such a long period that they go without really understanding what that looks like. And they kind of just like through porn, they think that women's pleasure comes either very easily because porn stars make it look like it's so easy Mm. And then, or they just be like, oh, it's just like my pleasure because I know how it looks like for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And also going back to like um, pleasure and like how the lack of education about it. Um, I also feel like that, that reminds me of something else which I read, which was like, if a man, um, oh, actually, sorry, if, if a woman has um, sex and she doesn't orgasm, then it's her own fault. Like, oh, women just don't mm. orgasm. It's like a thing, right? But then if a man has sex and doesn't orgasm, then it's like, oh, what did the woman do wrong? Yeah, it's yeah, still it's the woman's fault. Yeah. And I'm just like, what the heck? Like, why Why do we got to take onus on everything? You know what I mean? And I guess I'm curious, though, uh, how you think, though, like, culture as well, like, implicates how we've learned about sex and pleasure. Like, I feel like um, just, I don't know, like, sex in a brown household, like, talking about it, and then also trying to kind of go around and have a boyfriend and be intimate whilst also living with your brown parents like what does that kind of look like and and what are the challenges with that yeah well I I mean yeah I think like for the longest time my I I feel like 
my parents have, I think we talked about this in the last episode, my parents have grown with me um, and they've become more open-minded as time has gone on. But um, no, but still, for the longest time, they weren't okay with me having a partner or a boyfriend at all. Um, and even once they became okay with it, it obviously they're only okay with it, it was if it was platonic, which like ruins the whole point. <laughs> like, what's the point of having a boyfriend? Um, but like, yes, like obviously no, like it was so weird because obviously no kissing in front of anyone but oh my god even like hand holding or like hand holding was i still think okay but like any more affection than that was not tolerable like sitting on his lap or like showing some affection like kitchen or something no not at all Uh, never um so that meant that if we did want to like this is like just generally speaking if any like brown kid wants to get intimate um yeah not at home obviously (laughs) you have to find somewhere else i think as if both of you live at home Good luck. <laughs> Where are you going to do it? Car parks, babes. Car parks <laughs> are the way. Like, one, that's the thing. I can't even imagine if two brown kids live at home and they don't even have a car. Like, I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know where you're going. Like, I mean, you're going to find a hotel and walk to it or something yes. because this is so, like, it's such a challenge. And I think that's something, like, I've kind of learned through friends, like, when talking about it, because I have a lot of friends who are brown and also in relationships. And they both live at home. And like, it's just literally the people will recommend car parks to each other because they'll be like, oh my God, this one's super discreet. Like, don't even worry about it. Like, no one's going to know. And I mean, like, people (laughs) will happily take that advice because like, what are you going to do? You know, like, it's either you just don't do that. um, And Mm. that's a part of a relationship. And it's like, how? What the heck? Um, Mm. And then... Otherwise, like, you have to, like, try and move out as quickly as possible. It's just, like, difficult. Like, I think that's also sometimes a component of why maybe some brown kids might just avoid getting in a relationship earlier. Because it's just, like, how the hell am I going to do it? Like, how am I going to see this person, let alone cuddle them, kiss them, do anything with them, you know? Yeah, and I think it's also, like, for the longest time, I don't think it's been acknowledged in um, brown households, at least, that sex is normal. It's human nature. Um, craving, you know, like sexual attraction is normal. Um, and obviously like as, as much as you can like teach abstinence to kids, the thing is you're basically teaching them to suppress their own desires, which means that eventually that will lead to an unhealthy relationship. It's like, that's what feel like, that's what leads to shame and fear and like doubt. And like, that's what makes people scared of doing these things. And then, and then I think the most like, um, dangerous thing is getting no sex ed or getting misinformed uh, information. Uh, well, sorry, being misinformed about what sex is up until the moment where you actually do it. And then if you go into that space not knowing what to expect and not knowing what will happen, that can lead to some really dangerous things. And we don't even talk about consent, but like the thing is, can you consent if you don't even know what you're consenting to? Literally, that's such a good question, an important one, because I... I mean, at least, like, society has kind of progressed uh, a fair bit. But, like, I, I can just imagine a few generations ago, you know, it's like there's no education, especially in Indian families, like, no education at all until you're married and then it's your marriage day and you're like, okay, yeah. like, I guess we're doing something, but I don't really know what that something looks like, you know? Oh like, God. how do you know what you're agreeing to? Yeah. You're really right with that question. 
And like, I remember a few, uh, like ages ago, actually, <laughs> longer than a few years ago, um, one of my cousins got married. And so we went to India for the wedding. Um, and also, sec- I mean, we've just talked about how like sex ed here is not perfect. Obviously, there's a lot that's lacking, but at least we got sex ed. <laughs> um, people in India <laughs> Thank do not. God. Yeah, like it's not a thing in India at all. So anyway, I went to this um, uh, cousin's wedding and um, also like... I don't know if this adds to um, the awkwardness of it, but it was an arranged marriage. Was obviously, obviously she was okay with. Um, she met the guy. They got along really well, which is why they agreed to get married. But I couldn't imagine. Also, I was like 12 at, or whatever, 13 at the time. I couldn't imagine as a 13-year-old marrying someone who I've only known for a limited amount of time, who I, I obviously like, but I don't know that well, um, and consummating that marriage on that night. Like, I couldn't imagine that. Anyway, so what was even weirder was after the wedding apparently it's like a ritual for the bride to come back to her her home like her parents home and collect Mm. all her stuff and then like take it to her in-laws um or whatever wherever she's staying with her husband um so the day after the wedding um she came back home and all the ladies like ushered her into this room and also at the time like i mean when i go to india i have no friends like i didn't grow up there so family (laughs) are my friends right like i hang out with my cousins and stuff um now my cousins are all busy, so I was hanging out with the ladies. And then when, like, as soon as she came, all the ladies rushed into this room. So I was like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? And I wanted to go in as well. And, like, this, these aunties kept on, like, pushing me out. Like, no, 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 not for you, not for you. Stay outside. And I was like, but I have nowhere else to go. So I, like, I wanted to be there. And then I have this one auntie who is super progressive and, like, super duper nice. So she was like, oh, no, let Divya in. Let Divya in. So I, I think I went in only for, like, a minute. Because as soon as I stepped in, I realized what they were talking about. And what they had asked her was like, so sit down, tell us, how was your first night? Did it hurt? What did he do? How did he do it? Blah, blah, blah. And then she was like, oh, no, 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 nothing happened. Don't worry, don't worry. And we're like, it's not about worrying. But like, what happened? Anyway, obviously, I was like 13. And I was like, oh, I was like, wrong room, wrong discussion. You're like, I'm there's out. the exit. I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. Yeah. Yeah. What, was, what was awkward, though, is because I left. But like, I obviously had no friends. So <laughs> I just ended up sitting like outside the door um, like playing on my phone or like a Nintendo or whatever it was at the time um Mm. but I could hear what they were talking about and that's all they talked about they talked about what her experiences what like were and apparently I mean (laughs) this is her story to tell but um she didn't disclose anything so apparently nothing happened Mm. but the fact that you know the 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 way the ladies were asking her was like Mm. what happened um did it hurt like uh, what did he like you know like it was as if like it was expected to be a bad experience for her and they were there to one find out what happened and to comfort her if she needed comforting mm. so I was like imagine I having know. sex and then needing comfort afterwards from like I know women. as if it's some like a traumatic experience with your husband like for your first night like that's so bad that was like the precedent set um in terms of, I guess I don't know in in their experience or in in their knowledge of what the first night is like it's sad that that's what they were expecting to hear and I yeah I can't imagine also like uh going into that um first I don't know like it must be very scary if that's like an expectation like going back to some of the books I read like a guilty pleasure of mine is like like stupid mafia romance books (laughs) and there's like mafia romance books which Loki have like the archaic view of women and men or whatever and then at the end they'll be like so after they get married they'll be like oh my god let's get the bed sheets out and see if there's blood or something oh on god. there right like this, this i don't know i think this used to happen but 
Um, at least in the books, they have that. And then, so there'd be like this scene, and the guy's so nice because he's not forcing her. He like oh cuts God. his own arm and bleeds on the on the sheet. So, <laughs> and like that's meant to be very romantic. You're like, oh, oh my, my God, God, like he isn't forcing her. Like, wow, so cute. Like, it's, it's crazy though. Oh you know God. what I mean? Like, I mean, first of all, reading that and thinking that that was like a sweet gesture. Yeah. I mean, bare minimum, bro. Yeah. Secondly, like that that's also just like uh, an aspect of it, like that uh, that's what sex looks like. You know, you bleed after your first time and it's painful and it's this and that. Like, I don't know if that's yeah. all true, you know? Yeah. Oh, my God. And like, yeah, speaking about all this, like, because, yeah, the what I was taught is like, um, yeah, bleeding comes from your hymen being broken mm-hmm. and that's your virginity gone. That's the sign mm-hmm. of your virginity. And I like growing up I believed in this so like I didn't do anything not that I had a choice but I was like I couldn't do anything um but then yeah but then like it it took it honestly took the media that I think that's where I got most of my sex ed from the media it took the media to tell me that virginity is a social construct Mm. your hymen doesn't always break during your first time or it could break not even having sex like Mm -hmm. you could be on a bike ride like whatever I was total like I was taught all these things from the media not even from school not from friends not from family um, but yeah, also I think it's so cool how two brown girls are on this podcast talking about sex so openly and comfortably. Mm. Um, but how did you become comfortable talking about it? And do you feel empowered by talking about it? Or is it still sort of like a... Oh, I mean, I will be completely honest. I'm like, I'm in my parents' house and I'm like, I hope they don't hear me. You know, <laughs> like I still carry some, you know, awkwardness about it. But obviously like a huge like growth I've had um especially like when I was younger it just just like talking about it um and like feeling comfortable with sharing like my experiences and stuff and hearing other people's experiences without even judging them because I think that's an aspect of maybe the culture or just my environment where I felt like you judge the people who've done sex already, you know, like, oh my God, they've already started, like they're a bad person, they're impure, all this awful stuff. And even though I didn't think that very explicitly, I still had like a little bit of judgment when my friends would kind of share their experiences. And I was like, oh my God, that's like so early. Like, how are you doing that now? Like, that's not, you know, appropriate. And, and it took a while for me to realize like that's so one wrong to just be judging people based on that but then too I was like I'm I'm gonna be that too like I'm gonna probably do it before marriage and things like that so Mm. why does it why is it fair that I'm judging other people so I think through Mm. that journey of just like I think becoming closer to people who are more comfortable with it and then I think also just like getting a boyfriend yourself and things like that's like in a growth um in itself because you're just like oh like these are the things that my friends were telling me about and now I have to kind of maneuver it around around it myself um so I think through that I've kind of become way more mature about it but I feel like also age is an aspect where it's just like it's socially acceptable to talk about it when you're older than it is when you're 16 you know how about you? Yeah. Were you always? I mean, I I feel like it's a answer in itself when you, when you're asking a brown girl like, were you always comfortable yeah. talking about sex? I feel like the answer is usually <laughs> no. But yeah, yeah, I'm curious for you. <laughs> no, um, yeah, obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> so super hush hush about it. Um, 
And even what's interesting is like, um, even though friends were where I learned a lot of these things, I was never as forthcoming as them. If I would ask them like, oh, you know, like, not that I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even ask. It'd always be someone like, it'd be as if like two of my friends are having a conversation with each other and I'm just there listening. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I don't want to ask questions. I don't have any stories to share. Like, mm, keep me out of this. Um, but that's how I learned. Um, so yeah, when I said that story about the friend who said her first time was horrid, it was because another friend was sharing her experience about her first time was like kind of uncomfortable, but it was okay. And it lasted like two seconds. So, anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, um, I was not comfortable talking about it till I guess, um, uh, well, I guess the reason why I started becoming more comfortable about it is because I went through that like feminist journey mm-hmm. and I realized all these things like virginity is a social construct. We women have never been taught to feel pleasure during sex, but we should feel pleasure during sex. Why not? And also I remember um, reading about how like um, the, like the clitoris, like the, there is no anatomical reason for that to exist other than pleasure. Mm-hmm. Like that is literally the only purpose of having that there. So I was like, well, if if it's there, <laughs> I'm like, why are we not like using it? <laughs> like why? Like, you know. Um, I know, it's more useful than like, the appendix, bro. Like what the heck? You like yeah. literally use it. Yeah, so I was just like, we should be feeling okay. About- and like, yeah, the whole like sex before marriage thing. like. As I grew as a feminist, I was like, wow, this really sucks. This And, like, the whole, like, if a if a woman has um, sex with, like, multiple men, then she's seen as, like, oh, well, like, you know, like a bad person. Mm. Um, but if a man has sex with multiple women, he's a stud, he's awesome, mm. like, high five. I'm like, mm, that doesn't sit right with me. Like, nah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think, like, the more, like, just as I grew as a person, I was like, it's fine to talk about it. It's fine to even experience these things. And I really do feel like you need to experience it to become comfortable with it and to also also to learn how your body works um yeah because if you don't like it's wild to me that once upon a time I didn't know how my body worked um even now I don't know the ins and outs like it's still still very mysterious I have so many questions yeah but like at least now like we're curious about it and we're talking about it and we're reading up on it um I yeah I really think like that's kind of what made me more comfortable Even, even now like obviously I still feel uncomfortable talking about it with um my parents like with family or like elder people um yeah yeah, obviously would not talk about it with them but I do feel more comfortable talking about it with friends and um especially also I think especially as we are getting older um we have experiences to share with younger girls right and I feel like I mean I'm not complaining about um my life like my lack of sexual sexual education that grew me into like the person who I am today but at the same time I would have actually really really like to have this knowledge when I was 13, 14, or like when I was going through all these things, in changes in my body and like having these experiences for the first time. So I think like part of our role is to impart our knowledge and our wisdom onto younger girls and like to make them less vulnerable and to allow them to experience the joys of intimate relationships without fear, without anxiety, without like, um, with consent, like, <laughs> you know, like having all these um, boundaries there, I feel like it's really important for, for us to for us to know ourselves and also um, to talk about openly so that the next generation of young girls feels comfortable talking about their experiences. Yeah, I definitely agree with all of that, especially I think um, the fact like just reflecting on what we've just spoken about, like the fact that a lot of our knowledge and information has kind of been sourced from 
ask like from places that are not really school and things like、mm. that. It's from media. It's from friends. It's from books. It's from everything. Kind of outside of school, so I think that it's really important to kind of consider where you know school could better. And I, I mean, I think that's also beyond our knowledge and our realm.、Mm. And I, and we still have so many questions about sex education and and what every, everything is. Because even though we're older, we're still not that much wiser in the、um, yeah. <laughs> in the aspects. So, I think. It's great that、uh, next episode we're going to actually be speaking to someone who is a member of the sexual health and family planning、um, organization in ACT. So they're going to just kind of answer some of our questions about sex and sex taboos, and hopefully that can be really interesting and factual to our listeners. But I guess just going on from today, like I hope. Everyone kind of enjoyed hearing our thoughts and our experiences, and please feel free to share your thoughts and experiences to our Instagram page,、yes. um, because I think it's a conversation that we keep hush hush so much, and it's really really not getting us anywhere. So,、yeah. hopefully next week we can break some more barriers about the topic, and、mm-hmm. I am keen to hear everyone else's thoughts about it. In the meanwhile. Yes, can't wait for next week、um, when we'll talk to Dr. Jenny Lung from the Sexual Health and Family Planning ACT. In the meanwhile, follow us on Instagram at Two Brown Girls AU. Thank you.